I'm Joyce Maynard. I've been writing just about all my life, which is 66 years, and I've probably been writing about 60 of them. Sometimes I write novels, but my particular passion is memoir, and it's my passion to teach memoir. I know what it has meant to me to be able to tell the stories of my life, to share them, and to feel understood. And it's a gift that I hope to give other writers, and even people who don't consider themselves writers. If you're listening to this right now, and you're trying to tell your story, I'm going to call you a writer. I'm going to say you have begun the process. You've shown up, and that's the first step. You might hear um, rain in the background, so I'm going to tell you where I am right now. I'm sitting right on the shores of one of the most beautiful lakes in the world, Lake Atitlan, Guatemala. I am sequestered for now in Lake Atitlan, Guatemala, where I came three months ago to host a writing workshop. And the writing workshop ended, and the students, most of them, went home. I'll tell you more about the ones who didn't a little later. And I stayed, and I've been writing. And I, I have found this a very rich and nourishing process to be engaged in during what we all know have been difficult times. I'll add that on the subject of rain, I love it when there's a rainy day because when the sun is shining, I always feel a little bit of guilt that I'm not out doing something outdoors. But when it's raining, I let myself go deep into my thoughts and the stories that I carry inside me. So I consider it a very good omen that we're beginning this series of podcasts about writing memoir on a rainy day. Just to give you a little preview, what I plan to do is talk about some of the things that I've learned from my own many years of writing memoir, published three books of memoir and hundreds of essays that are basically personal storytelling. You might know my book, At Home in the World, or my more recent memoir, The Best of Us. And for 25 years, I've been teaching memoir. It's really a passion of mine. It's a labor of love to help other people tell their stories. And right now, I can't be hosting writing classes, but I can be reaching you through your computer, your headphones, your iPhone, whatever device you're listening on. And I'd like to, I'm going to hope that I will be something of a writing mentor and writing friend to assist you in telling your story. So over the course of the next few weeks, as long as it feels like a good idea to continue this, I'm going to be tackling different aspects of the challenge of writing memoir. But I'm going to begin very simply with the question of what is a memoir? What is memoir? And what memoir is not? Very often, people who come to my workshops and classes in writing memoir tell me that people have always told them they should, tell, they should write the story of their life. They've had a really interesting life, and no doubt they have. I actually haven't met a person yet who, who doesn't have stories to tell. And um, they feel a little overwhelmed by the task of telling this big story. Whether, like me, they've lived six and a half decades or only maybe three, a lot of things have happened. And many people suppose that a memoir is telling the story of what happened. I'm here to tell you it's not. And I hope that's a very liberating piece of news. You do not have to tell every single thing that happened, or even most of what happened. Your memoir is not your CV that you'd submit when you were applying for a job. 
It's not a summary of all the places you've lived, all the jobs you've had, um, all the milestones in your life. It's an examination of a particular journey that you've taken in your life. And I may not, I probably don't mean literally a trip, although some people will focus in the memoir on a trip. I've read memoirs that are completely contained by a single experience that a writer has had over a very limited period of time. If you've hiked the Camino in Spain, that's literally a journey. If you've driven from the state of Maine to California, that's a journey. But very often, most often, the journeys that we explore in memoir are not literally a road trip, but they're a road trip through a set of meaningful experiences that have shaped our lives and made us who we are today. So why do we need to tell this memoir? And what belongs in it? Because, as I just said, you don't have to feel that you need to tell every single story. You don't need to begin with being born. And in fact, if you're alive to tell the story, you don't know the last chapter. So what you're really looking for in a memoir is a piece of your experience that holds particular meaning, particular power, and that has defined you in major ways. For those of you who have read my work, I'm going to refer to a couple of memoirs that I've published. And if you haven't read them, that's okay, because I'm going to describe them. The first memoir that I published, actually, I don't consider a memoir anymore. It was a book I published when I was 19 years old. It was called Looking Back a chronicle of growing up old in the 60s. And officially, it was the book about my growing up, and I included a lot of things about discovering the Beatles, the Kennedy assassination, the Vietnam War, drugs, high school, college, uh, feelings about first relationships. It was, in many ways, that list of events in my life that I no longer believe is the most effective way to explore one's story. One of the reasons why I no longer consider looking back that first book to be a memoir is that it did not include some of the most important things that had gone on in my life. Those were secrets. I didn't want to talk about them. In the 160 pages of that first crack at writing a memoir that I tackled when I was 18 when I wrote it, 19 when it was published, I did not speak at all about what was one of the defining experiences of my life at that point, which was growing up in an alcoholic family. And I didn't, I didn't talk about that because I didn't want to hurt my family's feelings. It was not a subject that we talked about in my family, and I didn't want to offend my parents. I was already embarked at that very young age, as most of us are, especially women, in protecting the people that I loved, protecting the people around me. And the cost was that I wasn't being fully authentic to my life story. And we're going to talk in future episodes, not today, about this whole question of telling or not telling certain difficult, embarrassing parts of your story. But for now, I'll just say that Whatever you ultimately decide to do with your memoir in the way of putting it out in the world, you deserve the freedom to tell the whole true story. 
There was another big part of that story that I also didn't tell, which was that at the time I wrote that book, I had dropped out of my Ivy League university, Yale, to which I'd been given a full scholarship, because I had fallen in love with and moved in with, left school, dropped out of school, um, a 53-year-old man who had written me a series of utterly captivating letters telling me what a wonderful writer I was. And that person was J.D. Salinger. It's not the story that defines me anymore. But when I was 18 years old, it was the most defining thing that had happened. It was actually a piece of the story of growing up in an alcoholic family that laid the groundwork for another big secret. And I was a secret keeper. So I wrote a book in which the two big experiences of my life to date that had shaped me, growing up in an alcoholic family and leaving college to move in with a man 35 years older than me who ultimately sent me away from his life in a very painful way, those two parts of my story were excluded, in both cases because I was protecting somebody else. I was protecting my father, I was protecting my parents, I was protecting Salinger. It took me 25 years to write what I consider a real and honest memoir, and that was At Home in the World. I was 42. In those 25 years, I had never told the story of what happened when I was 18. And by that time, I had been married to somebody else, age-appropriate marriage, divorced from that age-appropriate marriage, and my oldest child, my daughter, was 18 years old. And suddenly, for the first time in my life, instead of feeling this obligation to protect the great man whose secret I must not tell, or protect my parents, my sense of protection went to the 18-year-old girl. And I decided that I looked at that story of what had happened when I was 18, and I felt all of my loyalty going to the 18-year-old. I wouldn't have felt that I deserved tender protection. But when I imagined her encouraged to leave her school, her world, keep a secret of this man who made huge demands on her, I gave myself permission to tell the truth. And I've been telling the truth ever since. I have been writing honest stories ever since. Sometimes doing that has cost me. Sometimes I have been much criticized for doing that. But I would never write any other way anymore. I deserve to be able to tell the truth, and readers deserve nothing less than the truth. So, okay, at home in the world. Is at home in the world the story of my life? No, it is not. It is the story of my secret keeping. It's actually the story of one particular aspect of my life. And in that 300-page book, you won't see any particular exploration of my life as a mother, my life as a writer. There's some about my marriage. There's a fair amount about the family that I grew up in because there's no, there's no explaining the pattern of secret keeping and protection and shame that I explore in that book without showing the context that laid the groundwork for it. But that book is really the story of a young girl finding her voice. Losing her voice, having her voice taken from her, being told to keep secrets, and getting to the place where she finally speaks her truth. That is the journey of At Home in the World, and every memoir needs to have a journey. 
one of the first things you need to do is find out which of the many journeys you've gone on you want to explore in your memoir. And incidentally, you don't have to just choose one. You can tell about every single one of the journeys, but I'm here to suggest that you don't try and tell them all at once, that you choose one at a time. Tell that one really well without feeling this overwhelming obligation to fit in every single other thing that's ever happened. And when you've told that, as I told that story of my 18-year-old secret keeping, when I was 42, I finally told it, that will free you to tell all the other stories yet to come. I want to ask why, I ask myself why this is important. Why, why should I tell that story? Isn't it enough to just know that story? And that's what we're going to be talking about in the next episode of this podcast, which is why write at all? Who needs to know about your story? And what's so valuable and important about your story and you? And my answer to that is plenty. More on that next time. Joyce Maynard's podcast, Telling Your Story, can be found at JoyceMaynard.com. You'll find a new episode exploring different aspects of the art and craft of writing memoir every week. For more in-depth discussion of the writing process, check out Joyce Maynard's classes at CreativeLive.com. Or better yet, join her at one of her in-person workshops. Details on this and much more at JoyceMaynard.com.